Fred, no threat to southeast Louisiana. Gulf Coast waters, though, will be affected and impacted by some high tides and a coastal flood advisory in effect. Scattered activity today, diminishing ending tonight and scattered coming back tomorrow. Partly cloudy to cloudy, afternoon low 90s today and tomorrow. Early morning tomorrow, 70s to near 80. Better chance of rain, scattered to numerous showers and thunderstorms, 90 low 90s for Wednesday. Ralph Sanji, WGSO. Rico's Tires and Wheels offers quality used tires. They fix flat tires too, and they do wheel repair. Rico's Tires and Wheels, just a few blocks south of Veterans, 2609 David Drive, Metairie, 504-455-5199. Rico's Tires and Wheels, quality used tires. They fix flat tires too, and they do wheel repair. Just a few blocks south of Veterans, 2609 David Drive, Metairie, 504-455-5199. It is a beautiful Monday. Here at the Coolwater Ranch. I don't know how it is across the lake. Is it, is it okay, Patty, over there? Beautiful day? Somewhat beautiful day? Okay, that doesn't sound good. Patty, can you hear me? Okay, we drop. Patty, can you hear me? Good morning, class. A quick head count. Tiffany. Here. Zach. Yup. Steven. Steven. Is he absent again? For many kids, just getting to school feels like a challenge. Staying through graduation is even harder. That's where Communities in Schools comes in. A powerful community of caring adults. Working with vulnerable kids in schools every day. Helping them overcome the barriers that stand in the way of learning. Hunger, homelessness, health problems, and even emotional trauma. Communities in Schools. We're inside schools partnering with teachers and counselors. Empowering at-risk kids by providing supportive relationships. Doing whatever it takes to help them thrive in school and have brighter futures. Communities and schools. We're in schools to help kids stay in school. See how we help all kids succeed at communitiesandschools.org. Can you hear me now? Uh-huh. Can you hear me? <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is not the way to start the show. Let's this, do the music not again a cell phone and start commercial. the show. This is not a cell phone Wait, commercial. This is not a cell phone commercial. Can you hear me now? <laughs> it is. Well, can you can you hear me? Yes, I can. Okay. All right. Start the show again. We'll start the show again with the music. I had a good open. Let's just go back to that. We're just going to wait until she fires up the music. What would the show be without little glitches like this? It gives texture to the show. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. So, Patty, are you playing the music, or are you not playing I'm it? I'm trying to. Oh, okay. I think, I think let's just talk. <laughs> Hi, 
Hi. Hello. You're yes. probably wondering what that was all about. I wish I knew, but I can't really tell you that. Anyway, I'll start as though the music is playing in the background. Welcome, everyone. That's that's a little too formal for me. So uh, it's a beautiful day over here in the Coolwater Ranch. It's sunny. It's a wonderful Monday, the middle of August. Cannot believe we're already uh, halfway through August now as the months just keep flying by in this uh, frightful COVID year. I'm Marianne Fitzmaurice, and we're not talking about that. We're talking about food because there is much to talk about with food. And it's, it's better, don't you think? It's better to talk about food. Oh, absolutely. Food gives us pleasure. And we don't have a lot of pleasure these days. So tell a friend about the show. We just babble on about nothing, but at least it's fun. So, and, uh, and everyone could use two hours of light fun. And that's what we do here. We have a guest today. His name is, is it Chris Patty Springfloat? Mark Float. Mark, Mark Springfloat. He is, he is at um, UNO in the hospitality um, program. And uh, he's got an extensive resume. I'm looking forward to talking to him, not only about what he's doing now, but what he's done in the past. He's cooked in some of my favorite cities and at some of my favorite restaurants. And I look forward to talking to him. It is also National Bratwurst Day. Patty, did you get my text to see if we can get uh, Sven on to talk about that? Yes, I did. And I'm um, on it. Yes. Okay. All right. And so I know it will happen because when Patty's on it, she's on it. And I hope to hear from my sister who is winding up her trip today. She had a solid mission after the festivities two weeks ago to get on the road with her husband and uh, drive it back to their home in D.C. And they went by way of 17 states and have eaten a lot of interesting food. They went to Lou Malnati's in Chicago over the weekend, and she is just chomping at the bit to give us a report. And as you know, I love those reports from anyone who's having fun. <laughs> so I told her today, I was really sad that her vacation was coming to a close because I feel like I've been on vacation with her. I was talking to her every day. I would get a report about where they were, what they saw. She was sending pictures and and I have just lived this trip vicariously through her. So anyway, anyone who would like to share fun stuff that they're doing, I'm on it. Let's do it. Call up 556-9696 is the number. There was a tremendous amount of new eating for the Fitzmorai over the weekend. Um, none of it really good, though. Uh, it's not... It's not that it's bad. It's just that it's, as they like to say in the restaurant biz, not to my taste. So we went on Friday because Michael 75 was talking about the schnitzel at Greyhound that I mentioned. I thought, you know what, I'm going to go and have that schnitzel myself. So we did not do a big haul from the restaurant as we did the first time, but we did get a Reuben and the pork schnitzel. And I <laughs> I offered to get some stuff from my daughter 
and her boyfriend, and they looked at the menu for a substantial amount of time and said that there wasn't anything on it that they wanted to eat. And then I looked at the menu a different way, and I thought, you know, they're right. It's eclectic, but not necessarily cohesive in any way that is anything other than confusing. So we had the schnitzel, which was good. It was it was your straight-ahead panade pork, a nice crust pan sautéed. There was a warm German potato salad that went with it. I do not like warm German potato salad. I was hoping that they could talk me out of that opinion. They did not. And Tom had a delicious Reuben. He liked his Reuben very much. I just love when corned beef or pastrami is sliced so very paper thin and just sort of piled high. It's just a really good, good corned beef, good pastrami is just really good. So this was your straight ahead Reuben, nothing funny about it. Uh, and it was good. The pork schnitzel was good, but I am in agreement with my daughter. I have now eaten my way through anything on the menu that I cared to have, and I'm curious to see how it evolves. I think there will be some significant changes to the gastropub, the Greyhound, um, and as long as none of them are in its physical space, I'm good because the physical space is absolutely beautiful over there. And I would love to just go and sit in there, but I think I have had what I wanted from the menu already. Five five six nine six nine six is the number. I went and did my Saturday drive-by. Was it Saturday or Sunday? No, it was yesterday. I did my weekend drive-by across the lake, picking up food, and I stopped at two places. One was Seafood Sally's, which is the second location from the Margie's Grill folks. And the other one was at Elizabeth Street Cafe, which is in the lovely new St. Vincent Hotel on Magazine Street. And I will give a full report on both of those after we come back from these messages, 556-9696. And supply has reopened for you to come in and shop. Care has all the wipes, gloves, and sanitizing supplies that you may need, and face masks. They have a great selection of takeout containers, too. Call Billy to help you plan the renovation of your kitchen or dining room. Home cooks will find a great selection of kitchen tools, too. Hours are 8 to 4 weekdays right now. Buy local. Our city depends on it. Care, hotel, and restaurant supply. Call 482-0294, 4815 Conti Street. The best meals always start with the best ingredients. If you're cooking seafood, the best ingredients are at Mandeville Seafood. All local fish, Louisiana shrimp, oysters, crab, crawfish, wild salmon, and Dungeness crabs. With a little notice, Mandeville Seafood can get anything in the seafood universe you may want to try. Mandeville Seafood, celebrating 25 years. I get misty just holding your hand. Yes, indeed. 5569696 is the number. So I went to the Hotel St. Vincent, which is... Um, 
currently enjoying some buzz around town. I'm not sure how old the hotel is. I want to say maybe a couple of months. Patty, do you know what I'm talking about? I the do. Hotel St. Vincent. Uh, yeah. Have you I, been? I've never been there, but I think it's been open for a little while. It, it's it's um, isn't it on which street? It's it's like right off of Elysian Fields. It's on it's on Magazine. It's right. Oh, it's on Magazine. No, I'm uh, looking. I'm. It's on totally Magazine different. as. As you get no, you're talking about Peter and Paul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am. Okay, you know what? It's funny that you say that because I was about to reference Peter and Paul. Um, the The Hotel Saint Vincent opened certainly this year. I would say two, three months. If I'm wrong about that, someone call me and give me the day, because it's uh, it's definitely very recent. And it is in the building that I believe was the St. Vincent de Paul Orphanage, maybe, if that, if that was something. It's right there. Uh, in, it's, it's between the interstate and where Magazine does its right turn and continues in the Lower Garden District. Yes, I know exactly and, where you're talking uh, about. That was the you orphanage. You do or you don't. Yeah, that was the orphanage. It, it, Okay, and mm -hmm. so now it's this hip, cool hotel along the order of Peter and Paul. Who knows? They might have the same owner uh, because it's sort of a similar story. You know, they took some um, sort of religious-connected building that was super cool and made it a hotel. This is definitely that same vibe. It's vintage cool. It's not ultra modern it's got some kind of warts that are kept in place for a statement but is lovely it's got that same kind of dark i don't know if anyone's familiar with the thompson hotel in los angeles but it's ridiculous <laughs> you need like night goggles to be in there and there's a lot of places like that in la not a lot but a few places like that in hip cool places like la so we're starting to see that kind of thing here it's a little bit on the dark side um the pool i'm sure was put in when the hotel was done and the pool area is really really nice the front entrance of the hotel is oh, are we still on patty yes patty yes okay is still is still there it, it's cool it's it's there's a parking lot to the left it's a little walkway and um you enter the elizabeth street cafe which not coincidentally is I don't know if it's a second location, but it has an affiliation with Austin, which is like my big fear of what New Orleans is becoming. So the Elizabeth Street Cafe is located in the St. Vincent Hotel. It's a cute little place. You walk in and you order at the counter and all the spaces in the restaurant are actually outdoor, which is a little problematic for the summertime here. They are all covered and there are misters, but it's a very small place. It's also a small place, the uh, San Lorenzo um, Italian-inspired dining room is an evening-only restaurant, and it's, it's quite small too. So those are the two dining emporiums there. The Elizabeth Street Cafe is also a boulangerie, 
And I got a ham and gruyere croissant to start, which was flaky and yummy and full of ham and cheese and uh, not especially big, but really good. And got a, I got a uh, beignet order for Tom and there were choices of jams. One was a raspberry and lychee, 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 uh, fruit. And that was really tasty. I am not a jam kind of person, but them some good jams. And the other one was a strawberry guava, which did not have the jam texture that the first one did. Tom was making his own jam for a while there, but never could get the pectin quotient correct. And so uh, the um, prickly pear jam or jelly that Tom was making was actually more like a prickly pear syrup which was still delicious, but it just, it was a pectin issue. And I think that one of the jams did not have the pectin issue and the other one did. And the, uh, they were both though very tasty, but the raspberry one was really great. And the, the little beignets were a little peculiar. They were smallish. Tom liked them really well. I am particular about my beignets mainly because I don't eat them that much, but they were okay. We, it's an Asian-inspired place. It's Vietnamese and, and other Asian fusion. And so we, got, we went a little bit crazy and we got some spring rolls that were crispy fried chicken spring rolls. We got some pork spring rolls. We got a banh mi, uh, Singapore noodles, Dan Dan noodles, what else did we get? Pot stickers. They weren't really pot stickers. They were dumplings with a chili oil. I think that might have been it. It was absolutely, you know, one of the things that I like about Vietnamese cuisine is the freshness of the ingredients and the color combinations that just are so vibrant. So these spring rolls came with a, you know, like your standard Asian clear sauce with, I could probably look it up on the menu. That's what I should do. Um, and a mint sauce. And there was another sauce that had little seeds in it. And it was um, more like a, a sesame oil-based sauce. Um, sesame, soil is de uh, sesame oil is definitely not my thing. Um, but the mint sauce was really interesting. I thought that was really good. And the spring rolls were big and fat and stuffed with all of those ingredients, the crispy chicken, the carrots, the, um, the lettuce, and it was a really nice presentation. The banh mi was also good. I did not care for the pork. I don't know what they did with the pork. I felt like it should be sliced really thin, but it was cubed. It was, it was long 
cubes of pork and they were about, I guess a fourth, maybe a three eighths of an inch square and then about three inches long, sort of like, like little fingers. And I don't know why they had a texture like this. I don't know if they were deep fried first or pan fried first, but they had a sear on them. And I found all of the pork to be really chewy, which was disappointing. And then um, the Dan Dan noodles. Patty, have you ever been to Blue Giant? No, where is that? Blue Giant is down in the LGD, uh, no. which, what? No, I've never been there. Okay. Um, if You know where that section is? It's a new area. It's like all new construction where the Bower is. And it's the Bower, um, Claret, and right next to that is Blue Giant, which yeah, is a much ballyhooed Chinese restaurant. Mm -hmm. And the two partners were a guy from the North Shore who's whose goal was Trey Yen to be like Trey Yen and a guy from, I want to say Baltimore maybe or Philadelphia, somewhere northeast. And um, they were partnered in this restaurant. The Dan Dan noodles at Blue Giant are mind-blowingly yum. And um, so now that's my benchmark. First of all, I didn't even know what a Dan Dan noodle was until Blue Giant showed up. And now that's the benchmark. If I ever see Dan Dan noodles anywhere, that that's what comes to mind. This wasn't even close to that. The Singapore noodles were better, but all of this, all of this was not anything I ever need to eat again. And I have to say that there are, you know, Tom had his things that he was adamantly not interested in my thing is I, I won't call that silly food but silly food it it doesn't rise to that or sink to that because I thought it was well executed it was beautiful and if you like those flavors then I think you would like it but I, I do not care for those flavors, and I it, so that's just not my thing, and that's all there is to it. But I think that if you do like that, you would probably like the Elizabeth Street Cafe. You would certainly like, it's a nice place to go, and I, it would be a good experience, I think. But but that's that's not for me. That's one of those things I have to say is not for me. I am not... I am not a fan, I think, of Vietnamese food. I like Chinese flavors. They're very different. And I find the Vietnamese flavors to be much more arresting to my palate, if that makes sense. So anyway, that's the Elizabeth Street Cafe. And then we went to Seafood Sally's. And um, Seafood Sally's is like I said, a it's not a spin-off, it's just a different restaurant from um, Margie's Grill, but same people. And they took over the space that was Squeal and other things since then. 
it's it's a cute space. I like what they've done with it. The food that we got, the menu I find is a little bit limited, although on closer inspection, it's just enough. We got the crab claws, which were cold, and in what they call an Italian vinaigrette. It didn't seem that way to me, but um, my daughter's boyfriend said it seemed that way to him. So, um, so maybe that was just me. There was a, let's see, we got that. We got onion rings and a fried seafood combo platter that they call pick two. So I picked uh, wild caught Des Almonds catfish, which was excellent. Des Almonds catfish can be good to me and wild tasting. This was lovely. It was delicate and it was good. Um, we also got a fish of the day, which was sheep's head, pan seared sheep's head, which came with a most peculiar side. It was, it was cantaloupe cubes with pepperoncini, mint, cilantro, and purple onion in a vinaigrette with the melon. And as annoyed as I was that the fish came with that, I have to admit I thought it was a really delicious little side salad. The sheep's head was also good. The fried seafood and other fried items were so uniform uh, that I didn't, I, I didn't, I didn't like it. And I'm going to explain that a little bit more because it bears some explanation. It's two thirty nine now. It's time for the Louisiana Radio Network news. I will continue when we come back on seafood sallies. Louisiana Radio Network. I'm Brooke Thorrington. During a House and Health Welfare meeting at the state capitol this morning, things got off to a tense start when the audience was told they had to wear a mask and some who refused were then removed by security. Baton Rouge Representative Rick Edmonds asked the governor's chief lawyer, Matthew Block, if the state might impose a vaccine mandate in order to enter a restaurant, bar, gym, or other venues, but Block says that's not under consideration. I can tell you that's just not a, a discussion that, that we have had at, at this point in time. Starting today, New Orleans is requiring proof of vaccination or a recent negative COVID test to enter most businesses. The state broke another record today for hospitalizations with 2,956, the highest since the pandemic began. The Louisiana Department of Health reports that 90% of COVID patients are unvaccinated and 65 COVID fatalities were also reported, with more than 13,000 new cases added since Friday. LRN. Staying connected is important in today's world. Whether it's hearing the news of a new baby in the family or calling work to let your boss know you're running late, phone and internet service keep you connected with your world. At AT&T, we know that some Americans face life every day without the comfort and security of having a phone or internet service. In certain areas, you may be able to reduce your phone or internet bill with a lifeline discount if you are in a qualifying low-income household. Additional discounts of up to $25 may be available to those living on federally recognized tribal lands where AT&T offers Lifeline. To find out more about Lifeline and other AT&T products and services, call us at 800-288-2020 or go to att.com lifeline if you have access to the internet. 
Lifeline is a government benefit program and willfully making false statements to obtain this benefit is punishable by fine or imprisonment and could result in termination of Lifeline service. Lifeline enrollment requires certain eligibility documentation and is non-transferable. Limited to one discount per household. AT&T services including Lifeline are not available in all areas. Other restrictions apply. The Edwards Mortgage Group, the Mason Collective, NOLA Title Group, and ARC Insurance Consultants are the ones to call on for all of your home needs. Whether it's mortgages, closing, sales, or insurance, they take care of your home needs, and now they have come together to help take care of the needs of our beloved New Orleans music community by partnering with Bougainvillea Productions and Soul Project NOLA for FunkyUncle.Live. FunkyUncle.Live is a free webcast live from the one-of-a-kind Mardi Gras float, the Funky Uncle Lounge, that features New Orleans musicians playing live music combined with interviews and outreach news to raise money for the entertainment community of New Orleans that have been impacted by COVID-19. You can join in the funky fun time by simply going to www.FunkyUncle.Live every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Coming to the Funky Uncle Lounge on August 18th, Mustache Petting Zoo. For more information on how you can support live from the Funky Uncle, go to funkyuncle.live and follow us on social media. I won't dance, don't ask me. I won't dance, don't ask me. I won't dance, madame, with you. Alrighty, Tom finally did break that <clears throat> at the wedding, but only for two minutes. Let's go to Michael 75. Hey, hello there. Top of the week to you. To you, too. I was watching a movie uh, with uh, Marge and Gawa Champion doing the song I Won't Dance. Of course, he was a great <laughs> dancer. I, I think he was actually better than Fred Astaire. Gawa Champion. You know, I don't know if if he was... Um, there's a Gower Studios in Los Angeles, and I don't know if that's in any relation to him but anyway all right he, what, what you he got? did the all he did all the choreography from most of the great broadway shows mm -hmm. i need uh, someone any, to choreograph go ahead what i'm sorry uh, go ahead what'd you say i need someone to choreograph a really good workout for me <laughs> <laughs> how's your what, diet what, going no, what you gotta do is uh Put your leotard on or whatever you work out in and, and put the song, who, who Let the Dogs Out? You work out to that. Yeah, you're right about that. You're right about that for sure. <laughs> All right. Anyway, How's your anyway, diet going? Pretty good. I've lost uh, four and a half pounds in 15 days. I don't think I can keep that up. But uh, and, and today I'm eating what uh, you described as a spring rose. Most people call them summer rose. With the rice wrapper around it, it is the most fabulous little thing. And uh, there's a sauce with some uh, uh, some uh, hot sauce with it and uh, peanuts that I eat with that. Hmm. Where'd you get it? Uh, where else? Full bang. Nothing Ch like it. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Okay. And uh, in uh, 1991, uh, this is the bratwurst uh, um, uh, day, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, in 1991, we were driving along the Rhine River in a beautiful May day, and on the side, there was a little shack with a, uh, a guy had a stand and a grill, and smoke was coming out of it, and we ate bratwurst. That was the best bratwurst we ever had. You know, now, now let me ask you this, Michael. Do you think that it really was the best bratwurst you ever had, or do you think the context of where you ate it made it more special 
I think it was context. It was the Stendhal syndrome of Bratwurst. Okay. <laughs> okay. I mean, the context does definitely romanticize, oh, oh, you know, oh, whatever exactly, it is. Exactly. You You're correct. For sure. Now, uh, yeah. um, I just discovered, I don't know, it's been 40 or 50 years since I had my last one, but the best cookie of all time. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, it's it's a, one of my it's my favorite where I get all my french wines from. Uh, that's the name of the cookie. Can you figure it out? It's the Bordeaux cookie. Oh, you get cookie. your french Lorna Dune? No, Madeline. The Bordeaux cookie from Pepperidge Farm. You can't believe how good it is. <laughs> See, I don't know all these products. I don't know. I know that Pepperidge Farm, if you're going to do some processed food, Pepperidge Farm is a good one. I mean, I think they do really good stuff. But I don't, I have no idea what's on the shelves of a grocery store. I just okay, don't. The only, re only reason I got it, because I, it was the live like a king, pay like a papa moment. I was in, <laughs> uh, in Durag next, and they were two for five dollars. So I, I said, oh, let me try ah, it. Oh, I... A two, a two for something is irresistible to me. Even if I never eat it, I see it and I go, I need that. I need that. I think their Milano cookies are good. I like yeah, those. Yeah, they're pretty good, too, but I like the yeah. bratwurst. Uh, anyway, um, uh, this past weekend, I made a red gravy, and this is what I put in it. First of all, uh, I use a San Marzano plum tomatoes, uh, mm -hmm. and... and uh, with that, uh, I put in chuck steak, but I started off by uh, uh, braising, braising uh, some, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, uh, uh, braising some uh, pig's feet. And then I had the chuck mm. steak in there. And then at the end, I put some boiled eggs in it. It, it is so Italian, real Italian. By the way, have you seen the uh, show with uh, Bobby Flay and Giada? Yes. I'm so, I was just about to say that. I am absolutely mesmerized by that show. I don't know if you told me to look at it, but I was looking through the, you know, the listings and I saw Bobby and Jada and I, I put it on and I did the whole series because I love Rome and all of Italy and I just want to at least revisit it. This is my new thing. I'm living everything vicariously. I, I wanted to say that. I wanted to tell everybody if you have not seen that show, you should definitely tape the series. It's going to be great. Yeah, well. They, I watched uh, it and now I have to make a porchetta. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> They, uh, they, although the Italians do it a little different, they call it primo. That's when they serve the, the pasta. Uh -huh. That's your that's an appetizer, an hors d'oeuvre, or whatever. Uh, that comes before the main. I think it's pre. It's is it primo or primi? Or I guess primi is the uh, is the primo. It's primo and secondo. And by the way, if you ever want to see the greatest show on Italian cooking, it's called with Stanley Tucci. Have you ever seen Stanley Tucci series series in Italy? My sister, my oldest sister, told me about that, and uh, I did not. I have not seen it, but I, um, I definitely did see this, and I'm super excited. I can't wait to, for the next okay. installment. Very but, excited but about the, it. But the Stanley Tucci shows are like a six series. Uh, they go to all the uh -huh. cities: uh, Venice, Rome, yeah. uh, everywhere. Milan. And it's it's uh, it's. 
It's it's the Sten Hall syndrome on television. I just I'm right, just sitting right. there. It's I get I get this thing now where there are certain things that just make me swoon. That that um, <laughs> the Bluebell song makes me swoon, and now this uh, Giada and Bobby series. All right, Michael, go ahead and keep talking. I've got to let the dog out. What, just go oh, ahead and oh, who let the dog. Uh, anyway, uh, my uh, uh, the best movie on uh, eating great, especially uh, Italian, is called Big Night, and Stanley Tucci's the star of that with the guy from uh, what was it Monk? Uh, I can't remember his name, but anyway, there are two Italian brothers that come over here and cook the greatest meal ever cooked. And if anybody wants to see a great food movie, it's called Big Night. B-I-G? N-I-G-H-T. Oh, okay, okay. All right. Big night. Uh, so, okay. Uh, and that, but uh, one thing that goes against my uh, uh, thoughts on uh, the pasta, the primo pasta, they, they barely put any sauce on it in Italy, which I don't agree I with. I, think, I think the sauce makes a difference. I don't know how I feel about that. I like I don't sauce. Think, I do too. I, I don't think you could cook a, a a spaghetti that you could just eat almost by itself. Uh, I, I like the way they were talking about us, though. When she said, "Is not the Italian way," her mother said that. But they did do the four different Ital the Roman dishes, and they even said on the show how tough it is to make cacio a pepe so i i feel a little bit vindicated a little bit yeah, vindicated cacio is yeah. tough it and is my, absolutely my real michael name, my real my real name sounds like that cacio but i can't uh, release that okay now are, are you done michael are you are you yeah, heading I'm, out I'm through yeah okay now i have one thing to send you off i i thought about you not on the show on Friday, and I found that to be very disturbing. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear me say that I went to go get the uh, the schnitzel? Oh, yeah, I heard that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that made me go get the schnitzel. We cannot have that happen again. All now, right, on that note, I'm that sending you off. It brings, brings back nightmares for me. My right Philly <laughs> schnitzel and noodles broke my leg. <laughs> All right. Take care, Michael. Okay, Let's go to my sister, Christy, who has been on the road for weeks and weeks. Hello there. Hi. How are you today? Everyone who calls here has a list. So I know that you have a list because you have been on the road for weeks. So let's go through your list of your great trip. I have a list. Okay. I have to make mention of this Italian place that we stopped in Harrison, Arkansas. And it was called it was called Roma's Italian and it was really good authentic Italian food. I I had to look it up after the fact. It was just a, a little small town we stopped in, but they have um, several locations. But I thought it was very good. I had a what's, sampler. What's the name of it again? Roma's R O M A. Italian restaurant and Room is Harrison. Italian. Mm -hmm. Very good. If it's very okay. Good. Um, another place we stopped was Kansas City, and the barbecue there was Q39. And we actually got that recommendation from a place where we stopped to get gas. 
and two separate people in the place. I said, what's the best place to get barbecue around here? And two separate ones mentioned that place. And um, I, we thought it was really good. So Q39, it's on 39th Street in Kansas City. What did you get? Um, we got, again, like a sampler. So we could sample as much of it as we could get. Um, it was brisket and chicken and pork. And it was all okay. good. Uh, no ribs? You didn't do ribs? They were outer ribs. Mm-hmm. We, did not, we did not have ribs. How were the sides? Because to me, the thing about barbecue is the sides. Okay. It was a little bit lacking on the sides. Yeah, see. I have to say, yeah. It was a little yeah. bit lacking on the sides. It was coleslaw. That was, it wasn't even actually a coleslaw. It was a cucumbery thing. Um, I think, and then we, I got mac and cheese. I splurged for mac and cheese and it, and it wasn't like the way memorable. It's yeah. fantastic, but it wasn't. It wasn't. You know, I, I think that barbecue restaurants view sides one of two ways. They either focus on the barbecue and think that people are there for the barbecue and that the sides don't matter or they think of sides the way I think of sides, which is that if I'm putting out this great barbecue, I want it to be accompanied by equally good sides. Mm-hmm. And yeah. those are the barbecue places that I prefer. Did, was there yeah. any fried okra? Because I don't know if that's fried okra territory, but I do like fried okra. And I like it when I see it as a barbecue side. <laughs> we had the fried okra at the road rolls place <laughs> <But> not, <laughs> but, but not at the barbecue place. Not okay, there. admitted the throat rolls was your favorite meal on the trip. It was a, definitely a memorable and fun meal. I have to say, <laughs> definitely a memorable and fun meal. I don't know if it was my favorite, but it was. It was. Uh-huh. Um, I really, I really liked when we went to Malnati's, but I'm not there yet. I have to okay. tell you about this other thing we had. Which I, which was in Iowa. Now you know we passed through like cornfields, cornfields, yes. fields of. Everything. Okay, so there weren't a lot of places to to eat. You know to stop and eat because these are all small towns. But there was a chain that was um, that called Rumza's. Have you ever heard of Rumza's? R U M Z A. R U M Z A. No. Mm-mm. So we stopped there and just I was. Splitting with hops, so we got a burger, mushroom burger, which was actually really good. But what I really wanted, and he didn't want this, was their runza, their thing that they that that is runzas, which is this um, beef and cabbage and spice, um, I guess, concoction baked into a roll, and that's like. What <laughs> I don't blame him. I'm with him. That it doesn't sound that good. <laughs> That's what it's. That's what it's for. That's runzas. Is that? So I was on ah. this thing to get one before I. Left oh gosh! Midwest. Wait, before you start on your things, I have to let the dog out again. So let me let him in again. So let me let me get the break. We're going to take a break. It's a perfect break time. So don't go anywhere. We're gonna we're gonna hear about rumza and also the pasties. Please do not forget the pasties. Okay. We will be back with my sister Christy, who is just returning from a two week seventeen day excursion to uh, hit her bucket list. She's got four states left. We'll be back.
Right down the highway from the excellent Keith Young Steakhouse is Five Girls. And the food is very good casual fare. Here is a fantastic club sandwich with homemade potato chips, a great Cuban, good salads, and the best red beans and rice we have ever had. Poor boys, hamburgers, and terrific fried seafood. Five Girls, 305 Highway 21 in Madisonville, 985-845-2348. When you're awake, the things you think come from the dreams you dream. Thought has wings and lots of things are never what they seem. True enough, Tom. Thank you. All right. So the rums. <laughs> so the this chain is built around this this food item, yeah. this dish. Yeah. What's its origin? It must be some immigrant population. What's the deal? I don't know, though. I didn't ask that many questions. I did have, I did have one, though, and I have to say the, the mushroom burger was a better choice. I'm <laughs> sure. burger was a better choice. Yeah, I didn't really care for it too much, but it, was, it is a thing in, the, in that area, Nebraska, Iowa. Um, huh. So if you stop there, and I would recommend, I mean, I, I, how can you recommend? It's like... It is it is the only game in town, like in a lot of these places. But I would go for the burgers because I thought they were good. Okay. Okay. Uh, moving on into South Dakota, we picked up some um, really good Mexican at a place in Pierre, South Dakota, at a, at Guadalajara's. <laughs> it was very okay. good Mexican, but we did pick out. Okay. That was Pierre. Then, let's see. We went to um, nothing memorable until we got to Wisconsin, where Emily told me I had to eat cheese curds. And so (laughs) we got cheese curds, um, both just the the regular cheese curds and the fried cheese curds. And I'm I'm very neutral on cheese curds, I have to say. You're very neutral on cheese curds? Yes, I'm very neutral. Cheese curds are, I mean, they're basically cheese. I don't understand what the big deal is with cheese curds. (laughs) Well, it was funny. I have a funny story because I was, like, obsessed again, had to get cheese curds, and we were leaving Wisconsin. So I stopped at this grocery store and um, happened in to get some food, and I asked the guy in the truck next to me, where can you get cheese curds here. And he said, oh, this store right here, because he had just come out of it. This store right here has good cheese curds. And I was like, I was like, do you like cheese curds? And he said, oh, yeah, I just got them. And he pulled up a bag, and he says, I'm obsessed with them. And he's, he's eating them like a snack. So I guess that's how people mm. do. But it's one of those things where, along with the, the patty, I have to say, must be something that you Well, you know, cheese curds, cheese, cheese curds are at the basis of... Um, now I'm gonna. I'm trying to think of the name of it, but it's the Canadian dish. What's the Canadian dish, Patty? Help me. The cheese curds with. Um, I have no idea. <laughs> oh come on! Oh, it's it's showing up everywhere now. Somebody call Patty and tell her what it is, and I will try and think of it between the dog barking and me looking at Runza, which I'm going to tell you what it is in a minute. Okay. Go ahead, Christy. All right. Then we stopped to get a pasty. And that was like a, an adventure because we got um, 
our, our ways told us to go the wrong way. So we drove two hours to get this <laughs> to get this pasty, and uh, I just it's it's not my thing. But we had to have mm-hmm. one because it's a thing that you have to have. So we had a pasty. Um, you well, you probably don't have to have it, but you had to have it. Well, like, yes, I'm sure your husband is grumbling. Happy. No, she didn't have to have it. Go ahead, what? <laughs> In the Upper Peninsula, you apparently have to have it. So we ha- I had to have it. Um, mm-hmm. Let's see, you also wanted to know, um, this is the sweet, the corn. It was this weekend, right? The corn event was this weekend. Yeah, did you, so have, did you have, when you were going around all those cornfields, did you have any corn cooked right out of the field? Because apparently that's any, a unique experience. Yes. Well, I didn't have it this time because we were where they were growing feed corn, okay, for animals. Oh, and oh, All this uh-huh. feed corn area. Um, we looked mm-hmm. it up because I was curious. The biggest producers of sweet corn are Florida, California, Washington, New York, and Georgia. But mm. it is grown all over the country. And I thought I told you this. You probably have forgotten. But when I was, before I married Hap, I came up here for a visit, and it was a corn harvest time. And so there, we were invited to a pig roast, and the pig roast was the pig and some really fresh, wonderful tomatoes, ripe tomatoes, and then the sweet corn. And the, the mm. sweet corn was called, it was called Silver Queen corn. Mm-hmm. And it is the most delicious. That's probably why I married Hap. <laughs> because of this pig roast with the sweet corn and tomatoes, but it was fantastic. So yes, it is a taste treat. It's the most delicious corn, really. Okay, well, it's it's on my list. That's on my bucket list. I got to have some corn yes. right out of the field, like, like right picked. You know, right picked. Yeah. So so you've only so got that. about seven minutes. Get to the get to the pasty the pasty fiasco. Well, I just told you it was a. a our jaunt on in the wrong direction because we didn't have signal and we ended up with this pasty in the in the rain that took 45 minutes for takeout and it was not very good at all not very good at all but we had it and so there you go well, what <laughs> was in it what was in it i mean i know what oh, was in it but they don't know what was in it it's, it's ground meat and potatoes and carrots and it's all cut they're like little bite-sized pieces baked into this crust um, but it's really bland. It's, it's usually just seasoned with salt and pepper, but um, mm-hmm. it, it's just not, it's, I, I don't, I would not have it again. It's got like a I little sauce in it. Pepper. I don't even know why the, the sauce isn't really uh, brown. No. It's like a cream color. Well, it's not even, Maybe it from, was no sauce in it. And there, really? And apparently, okay. it, when, I, when I read about it, it's, some people have it with ketchup and some people have it with gravy. And so I had both things in my little packet and, <laughs> and neither one neither helped one, no <laughs> right. neither one helped so there you mm-hmm. go now i have to move on to chicago pizza because i did have lou malnati's pizza which was delicious so i had to recommend that we had the lou and the deluxe classic also a salad which uh, malnati's salad which had uh, romaine lettuce and black olives and some cheese and some salami. Italian salad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very good. Very good salad. And the bruschetta was delicious as well. So we had quite the lunch 
It was very good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I definitely recommend that. And then moving on to Ohio, we stopped at a place called Mommy <laughs> outside of Toledo. <laughs> M-A-U-M-E-E. And we did have dinner at a place called Mancy's Blue Water Grill. And it was a seafood place that was, it was okay. But what I liked about it after I read about it, because the waiter was telling us a little bit about it, um, was I like these stories where, you know, the the man who started it came from um, Crete, the island of Crete. And he opened this place in 1921. And you know, he he built this business, and then the grandchildren weren't expected to work in the business, but they all kind of went their own way and did some things, but then they came back to the business, and now they have five different kinds of restaurants. They have a a barbecue place, and a a seafood place, and an Italian place, and a steakhouse. It's like the Papas in Um, Houston, the Papas family. Well, I don't know about the Papas in Houston, but these are the (laughs) man. I think it's a Greek thing. They're very ambitious, and they they wind up with a whole bunch of different kinds of restaurants. Uh, okay, well that's that's what happened, and uh, yeah, and it was, like I say, it was okay, but it was I like having those stories behind the restaurants, so it was good. Mm-hmm. And I think you and I need to travel rest- together because because. Well, because we get our we get our things and we got to pursue these things. That's why I never travel with Tom because he's such a poo pooer. Go ahead. Yes, we had, I have to say, Hap was very accommodating. Like he really was very accommodating about the things we had to have, especially the pasty mm-hmm. and the cheese curds, which we. Pursued. If you survive the pasty, then you you could survive anything. All right, you got yeah. another minute and a half. I have nothing more to tell. You got everything. Oh, okay. We ended up, yeah, I have nothing more to tell. That's it. We drove up. We're home. We drove up today, and that's the end of the adventure. Back to reality. (laughs) Okay. It was a great adventure. It was a great adventure. Yes, it sounds like it was. Let me tell you what a runza is, according to uh, the Internet. Arunza is a yeast dough bread pocket with a filling consisting of beef, cabbage, or sauerkraut, onions, and seasonings. Runzas can be baked into various shapes, such as a half moon, a rectangle, a round, a square, or a triangle. The runzas sold by the Runza restaurant chain are rectangular, while many of the beer rocks sold in Kansas are round buns. So I guess a beer rock is a relative of... Of a runza. This close-up picture, when I spread it, of the beer rock doesn't look that bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's not bad. It's just not like a favorite. You know, it wouldn't be a favorite. It wouldn't be something that I would say you have to go have. Or tell you. Yeah, well, beef and cabbage isn't sophisticated food. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. So that's so that's why it was. It wasn't a favorite, <laughs> but but I did get to eat it. And after you know passing so many of them, but not necessarily uh-huh. when it was time to eat. I finally got one, so I was glad about that. So, okay. Thank you for letting me Well, thank you for your contribution to the show. I have enjoyed your vacation, not as much as you have, but quite a lot. So I'm disappointed that you're home and we're all back to reality. But <laughs> yes, you're going yes. out again okay. in September to get your last four states, and I look forward to living that vicariously through you. Christy, you've yes. got to tape 
you've got to tape the Food Network show. Jada and it's Bobby and Jada in Italy. Okay, it will bring okay. back lots of great memories of our trip. Okay. Sounds All right. Good. Take care. Bye bye. Take care. Bye. All right. That's bye. my sister Christy who was reporting on her two week sojourn through 17 states and the food she discovered there. And um, <laughs> the Canal sisters have to do it themselves. That that would we would drive each other crazy. WGSO New Orleans. It's uh, three o'clock. Time for the news. USA Radio News with Tim Berg. President Biden back in Washington, D.C. as he prepares to address a crisis in Afghanistan this afternoon. The president leaving his vacation in Camp David earlier than expected due to the escalating nature of the crisis. As the Biden administration continues to blame former President Trump for the situation deteriorating in Afghanistan, Indiana Republican Congressman Jim Banks tells Fox News not so fast. This never would have happened on Donald Trump's watch, and that, that is a fact because Donald Trump never closed the door on keeping a light footprint there to prevent it. The Supreme Court will consider a big guns case from New York. The case involves a state law requiring anyone who wants a concealed carry permit to prove a special need to carry a gun outside the home. Oral arguments set to begin in early November. This is USA Radio News. Right now, millions of Americans have an uneasy feeling about the future. That's why they're quietly stockpiling as much emergency food as they can. What about you? Do you have enough emergency food to get you through a prolonged crisis? If not, take a moment to shop My Patriot Supply. We're America's leader in emergency preparedness and survival. Since 2008, we've served several million American families like yours. In fact, our mission is your survival. So head on over to MyPatriotSupply.com and grab a few of our tasty emergency food kits. Our food stays fresh for up to 25 years in storage and is shipped quickly and discreetly to your door. One day, you might be eating breakfast, lunch, or dinner while everyone else is standing in a food line. Avoid that. It's too late to act once the other shoe drops. It's time to be self-reliant and prepared. And now you can. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com MyPatriotSupply.com A cell phone provider is investigating a possible data breach. Vice versa reporting claims of a data breach involving T-Mobile customers. The company says they're investigating a claim on an online forum which says the personal data of over 100 million users has been breached. T-Mobile saying we are aware of claims made in an underground forum and have been actively investigating their validity. The hacker telling Vice that the data came from T-Mobile's servers, including social security numbers, phone numbers, names, physical addresses, and driver's license information. The hacker is reportedly holding some of the data for ransom. From the USA Radio News Oregon Bureau, I'm Jeremy Scott. High school students getting ready for college are paying attention to the cost of their higher education. A new survey revealed 4 in 10 say cost is the most important factor when it comes to deciding where they'll attend school. 6 in 10 students heading to college said the way they look at higher education changed due to the pandemic. USA Radio News. Now you can fly anywhere in the world and pay discount prices on your airline tickets. Book a flight today to London, Paris, Madrid, or anywhere else you want to go. And pay a lot less guaranteed. Call the International Travel Department right now at Low Cost Airlines. 800-215-5141. 
800-215-5141. That's 800-215-5141. The Delta variant of COVID-19 is continuing to wreak havoc across the nation. The spread of the Delta variant has led to a rise in COVID cases in the U.S. The country is averaging about 129,000 new cases per day over the last seven days. Dr. Michael Osterholm believes the current pace could be sustained for at least another month. The director of the Center for Infectious Disease Research and Policy tells NBC News how the current uptick is spreading from its beginnings in the South. We're now seeing in the Southeast, Georgia, uh, South Fred, no threat to Southeast Louisiana. Gulf Coast waters, though, will be affected and impacted by some high tides and a coastal flood advisory in effect. Scattered activity today, diminishing ending tonight and scattered coming back tomorrow. Partly cloudy to cloudy afternoon, low 90s today and tomorrow. Early morning tomorrow, 70s to near 80. Better chance of rain, scattered to numerous showers and thunderstorms, 90 low 90s for Wednesday. Ralph Sanji, WGSO. Rico's Tires and Wheels offers quality used tires. They fix flat tires too, and they do wheel repair. Rico's Tires and Wheels, just a few blocks south of Veterans, 2609 David Drive, Metairie, 504-455-5199. Rico's Tires and Wheels, quality used tires. They fix flat tires too, and they do wheel repair. Just a few blocks south of Veterans, 2609 David Drive, Metairie, 504-455-5199. Of the food show, or as Tom likes to say, the second course of the food show. We have Mark Springfloat on the line with us today to talk about the, I guess, the hospitality program at UNO that you're affiliated with, but also your career because you've worked in some kind of cool places and some great restaurants in New Orleans. Welcome to the show. Thank you. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here. Um, Tom was. Uh, very gracious, and he gets some of the credit when we were trying to get a chafalaya off the ground. He started saying extremely nice things uh, about my food and the restaurant, and it gave us our first little bit of traction, and the restaurant is still going strong some 10 years, 10 plus years later. So, uh, is it I only 10 years? Affinity. It's only Well, the, it's the restaurant has been, uh, Atchafalaya has been there, um, geez, it was, what, Petrosi's in the 30s, and then um, Beth James, Isler who Pope's is place. to Dave Malone of the Radiators, named it uh, Atchafalaya, and then Isla Pope ran it for years, and then um, it was sold, and uh, a man named Tim Howard had it, had it, and it was kind of floundering. And then Tony Toko and Rachel Jaffe bought it. And um, I had just come on board and we started from scratch and rebranded the whole place. And now they're doing incredibly well. They have uh, Chris Lynch back as chef over there, who's a, a, a great chef and a, a, a great guy. So I, I highly recommend the place. I still go there regularly. It's a cool place. I, I like what they did with it, and I uh, have always enjoyed the food. I thought it was a really good 
uh, representation of what we do here in a in a sophisticated way. And it was and Tom was always a big fan for sure. Always a big no, fan. No, my my whole so, uh, I the idea was to rip off uh, Dick and Jenny's performer Richard Benz, who was a friend of mine, and uh, do really good food, fine dining, quality food, and unpretentious atmosphere. Yes. Well, so. success. Success. Right. Uh, so, well, so you worked at Vaqueras, which is uh, a, a favorite of ours or was a favorite of ours. Whatever happened to Vaqueras? What happened there? Well, so I worked there. Um, that was my first job uh, in New Orleans uh, when I moved here. I mm-hmm. guess that was 97. I'd come from New Mexico and mm-hmm. ended up uh, working for Chef Richard Buxbaum who is now in North Carolina and out of, out of the business. Um, but mm-hmm. he was uh, uh, one of the best chefs uh, I ever worked for. He's the first guy that really made me think and say things like, this is good. What would you do different next time? And it's like, ooh, yeah, what would Which I do Which is probably something you really, say to your students a lot. All the time. So Richard's yeah. always um, <laughs> in my mind, too. Um, so, mm-hmm. yeah, that was when that place was booming and you couldn't get in the door. Uh, yeah. On a Friday or Saturday night, uh, Willem and Denise Stepson owned it, uh, uh-huh. and then I ended up going back to school and, and left. I went to Johnson and Wales and finished my degree and uh, got a degree in culinary arts. And uh, they ended up selling it. It changed hands a few times, um, yeah. and I actually came back in uh, two thousand. Three, maybe they brought me in. They wanted to open a second location uh, on Metairie mm-hmm. Road, which was the old Shea Danielle spot. So that was another uh, mm-hmm. like, ooh, that's a great legacy there. Um, yeah. And mm-hmm. I think the the people that owned it at the time just really weren't sure uh, what to do with it, and uh, they ended up they ended up selling it. And the guy that mm-hmm. bought it was a chef. So guess who they didn't need? Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be me. Yeah. Yeah, that's so, too bad. Yeah, that was a, you... a, a wonderful, that, that's maybe the most fun I ever had in the kitchen. We had a really great group uh, of people working. I'm still friends with several of them. Uh, we were all line cooks uh, mm-hmm. coming up together. So it was uh, one of my favorite experiences. Uh, in so you came, you came here from Santa Fe. Where'd you work in Santa Fe? Um, well, I actually worked in Chimayo which is on the high road to Taos because I lived, uh, my girlfriend at the time was a, a, a botanist uh, at mm-hmm. Vandalier National Monument. And mm-hmm. so we kind of needed to split the difference. I lived in San Juan Pueblo, uh, mm-hmm. which was just north of Española, if you're familiar with the area. And uh, Santa Fe was over an hour's drive and that got old real quick. Yeah. So I ended up at Rancho de Chimayo, which is about 20 miles away, Florence Jaramillo. Uh, a, a legend okay. in the restaurant industry, uh-huh. and uh, I, I got baptized in super high volume. I can remember uh, <laughs> Memorial Day doing 500 covers by one o'clock. <laughs> well, I was gonna. The reason I was asking you about that um, is that you know I felt like Vaqueros was pretty high end, elevated Mexican cuisine. Well, it was Southwestern. I, the, the original uh, chef, Ruben, um, I'm drawing a bank on his last name, sorry, Ruben, but Ruben uh, was, lived in New Mexico, so there was a lot of New Mexico touches on the menu. Mm-hmm. We always kind of described it as uh, 
Southwestern cuisine, which, you know, I kind of believe in this country, there's only two true regional cuisines, one being the Cajun Creole here and the other one being Southwestern. Mm-hmm. Everything else, you know, the Northeast is kind of bastardized versions of um, right. yeah. uh, uh, European food. Right? I so would say that's true, exactly American, right. Yeah. yeah, our truly American foods are, uh-huh. are Southwestern here. So it was Southwestern food. Uh, most of it was based in classic French. And then we threw a Creole twist on things. That's why we ended up with uh, uh, smoked rabbit etouffee, you know, with the yeah. cornbread dressing. We had the fennel crusted tuna. That restaurant was a lot, a lot of fun. I still have a lot of uh, yeah. the menus and I still um, dip in. Uh, to that repertoire of uh, recipes to this day. Uh huh. It was definitely unique. How long did it last? Mm, boy, I, I don't know. It closed. The guy that bought it kind of didn't know what he had in a yeah. way, I think. And yeah. uh, he bought in November of 2004, and it closed in June of 2005, I think. Oddly enough, well, it probably would have closed the anyway with Katrina. In the Lang, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, that it, so no, right. it was before Katrina. Katrina didn't take it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, anyway, that was that was when I saw that on your bio. I thought, oh, I got to ask him about Vaqueros because I miss Vaqueros. You know, there's a lot of restaurants that come and go in this town, and um, some of them are fondly remembered. And Vaqueros is fondly remembered by us anyway so um oh thanks uh, i i still like my uh, uh, uh assistant my sous chef here at uno who's also an adjunct um for the uh pastry class mike baskin uh, i met him cooking on the line uh, at the caros and so mm-hmm. we've remained good friends to this day so you you did a stint at mr b's too which i would imagine added another whole element and dimension to your repertoire uh, the Brennans are great. I mean, I, I, I originally came down here to uh, um, uh, to, to work. I wanted to put New Orleans on my resume, and I was considering Commander's Palace. I know Jamie Shannon um, was trying to get me to come over there, but I really liked my niche at Vaqueros. Uh, the Brennans there, like execution and organization is just pounded into you, yes. and they are phenomenal at it. Yes, yes. They are so, excellent restaurateurs. The, hmm? the shrimp and grits at Atchafalaya was kind of, I needed a lunch special. Well, one day I was at this restaurant, Johnny Ryan's, my first executive uh, chef position, and I needed a lunch special. And I went to school in Charleston. I'm like, oh, they did shrimp and grits all the time. It was everywhere. I said, but let's kind of creolize it. And I kind of married... Mr. B's barbecued shrimp with low country shrimp and grits and ended up with what's still on the menu at a Chafalaya. We used to jokingly call it the house that shrimp and grits built. Um, <laughs> so, and I, I do think Mr. B's has the best barbecue shrimp in the city. There's a lot, you know, I find it really interesting that we have in this city adopted two things from the mid Atlantic, uh, the shrimp and grits well, Southern, you know, and the crab cake from Baltimore, which is, we don't do the crab cake like they do the crab cake, but it both of those have been sort of fused into our cuisine. How would you same say- shrimp, Same crab. Pardon me? I said it's the same shrimp and the same crab. That's right, yes, yes. How would you say that your experiences in Charleston uh, influenced what you do? 
Well, I mean, the shrimp and grits uh, was the biggest one. Um, hmm. How would you say that? How would you say that Low Country and Southern food differs from what we do here? Um, I would say here uh, we're, we're a little more heavy-handed on the season. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the the yes, uh, I'd agree. The, the, the boils as opposed to the the steaming, like there that uh-huh. you would call uh, uh, an oyster roast, where they put oysters on uh, a grill and cover them with wet burlap, mm-hmm. right? And here we have uh, you know the, mm-hmm. the raw are phenomenal, and of course thanks to uh, Drago's, we now have the char grilled uh, oysters and you know, obviously the fried oysters. Um, there's a lot they, of they similarities. take oysters and put wet burlap and cover them with wet burlap. Mm-hmm. I've never even heard of that. It kind of does... steams them. Yeah, they call it uh-huh. an oyster roast. I would imagine that time. that would impart some flavor too, though, and not a good one. No, mm, I don't know. <laughs> it's been a long time. I, I remember them being quite tasty, though. Really? Huh. Okay. Well, is it followed then with a sauce? Because maybe the sauce disguises whatever flavor was. No, you just eat the oysters. I don't remember any kind of off-putting flavor from it. In fact, I remember some of the chefs there, a lot of times they'd have to get golf oysters uh, Uh from Louisiana, and they would actually soak them in Charleston Harbor water to kind of alter the the flavor a little bit and make them taste a little more Hmm. uh, local and what you would expect. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I think I think that the the marriage of southern cooking and our regional cuisine is a good one, and I think it lends itself to a marriage, wouldn't you say? A lot of the uh, same agreed, kind of ingredients. 100%. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, what Sean Brock I think is doing some great things uh, out of Charleston. Um, when I was there, I worked at uh, Peninsula Grill, which was named uh, best new restaurant in 1999 by Esquire, uh, and then did my uh, internship out at Kiowa Island, mm-hmm. uh, which was kind of a beautiful place to work. Yeah. Well, you've, you've worked at some good little resort areas, that's for sure. All right, let's, uh, let's take a break right now. We're going to come back and talk with Mark Springfloat, who works at UNO and is imparting some of this knowledge to students in the hospitality program there. And we'll talk a little bit about that when we come back. Basil's Ace Hardware has been the center for your grilling needs for over 15 years. That's when I first got my big green egg, which I use more than ever lately. Fred also has Traeger grills and Weber grills and all the accessories for them. Charcoal and pellets and propane, as well as rubs and grilling utensils. Remember, a great cookout always begins with the right hardware. Basil's Ace Hardware, 4419 Transcontinental Metairie, 888-8588. Have you ever eaten something new and wondered where it had been all your life? We thought that about Double D Sausage after having it at a friend's house. But restaurants all over town serve it in their gumbo, red beans, and jambalaya. It's made right in Bogalusa, and the company is in its third generation. Double D Sausage is a light smoke pure pork pork, sausage with notes of sage and other spices. Try the regular mild and hot and new flavors like the Cajun variety and jalapeno and cheddar. Double D Sausage in stores all over town. 
Mandeville Seafood has been a local favorite, serving their house-made roast beef poor boys, seafood poor boys, and even a French fry poor boy in a fast, casual environment. Here is an extensive menu of salads and sandwiches and fried seafood, baskets and platters, as well as sides like stuffed artichokes, meat pies, and jalapeno cheese bites. And we love the very attentive service here at Mandeville Seafood Restaurant and Market, celebrating 25 years. Autumn in New York, why does it seem so inviting? So Mark, how do you like those little rejoinders? Tom likes to sing and people like for Tom to sing, so we put those together. That's what Patty was telling me. I think that's great. (laughs) I I, I wasn't aware of of the extent of Tom's condition. That was very sad to hear today um little texture to the show all right so what made you change from being in the kitchen to telling other people about it (laughs) uh in 2015 uh i kind of just i've been doing it over 30 years and decided i needed a little bit of a change and uh, wanted to focus on being happier than, than than making money so I did some mm-hmm. consulting um, for a couple of years, a uh, year, year and a half. And in spring of 2016, the New Orleans School of Cooking uh, called me and said, hey, we have a mutual friend, and they suggested you might be really good at doing these little cooking classes where you're interested. So I said, sure, let me try it out. I went down there, um, decided, yes, this is something that uh, appeals to me. Um, so between that and the consulting, I was doing just fine. And I used to work with, uh, also at the School of Cooking, was a, a chef named Ricardo Fredericks. And one day, Ricardo says to me, just off the cuff, hey, uh, you know, you and I was looking for a chef if you think you're interested. And I said, who do I call? <laughs> and I called. I spoke with the director of the program, went through the interview process, and ended up getting hired here and it's been the best thing ever. I absolutely love what I do. Um, I work for the Lester E. Kabakoff School of Hotel, Restaurant and Tourism Administration. Uh, We offer a premier uh, undergraduate hospitality education. Um, We also have an exceptional Master's of Science in Hospitality and Tourism Management. Uh, And this is the only one in the state uh, of Louisiana. And the important thing about us is that we are contained within the College of Business. So you graduate with a business degree. We're fully accredited by the uh, AACSB, right? So this is the premier accrediting uh, accrediting, uh, agency for business schools. Uh, This ensures that we are meeting their high standards of a quality education, right? Um, Where the college is composed of four departments, uh, economics and finance, hotel, restaurant, and tourism administration management and marketing, and accounting. Uh, we offer both undergraduate um, and graduate degrees in this area and, and also uh, within um, healthcare management. Uh, we also have an accelerated master's program where you can uh, receive an undergraduate and a graduate degree within five years. Right? So, um, so our, our program, students take classes uh, in the foundations of hospitality and tourism business. Uh, including uh, operations, uh, marketing. Uh, we have a law class that's very important, uh, cost control and revenue management. Um, we also have specialized classes in tourism. Uh, we cover meetings, conventions, event plannings, uh, food and beverage management, hotel operations. Um, and really the great thing about this 
is we're in New Orleans, right? We have this whole living laboratory yeah, uh, really. at, at our feet, and it's just yeah. wonderful. You know, the students have to have at least 600 hours uh, of uh, work experience as a requirement for their undergrad degree. So they all do um, uh, internships, you know. We have uh, uh, wonderful faculty here. We have our director, uh, our chair, Dr. Uh, Marcus Schirkert. We have um, Dr. Yvette Green, who's been here for quite some time. Uh, Dr. Bridget Bordelon, who is our tourism uh, specialist. We have uh, Dr. Han Chen in hotels. Uh, Yvette Green and I both do um, uh, food and beverage. That's what I was going to ask you. What do you do? Because this sounds very business heavy and and a great uh, career uh, enhance well not enhancement but a great career prep for someone who is going to be a restaurateur because you have to know business in order to have the business. But where I'm does the so culinary glad. arts that you bring to it fit in here? I'm so glad you asked me that question. One of the things I drill into these kids' heads is that this is a for-profit business. Yeah, right. Restaurants are for-profit. <laughs> if you don't make money. How do you expect right. to get a paycheck if you don't food know how to cost. make money for your employer? Uh-huh. Right. Oh, food costs, labor costs, cost of goods sold, however you want to wrap it up. So you uh-huh. need to know that. A lot of times you have, uh, you know, in my business and in, in, in kitchens, you have people that are really good chefs. They're great with the food, but they can't translate it into how to make money. Or you have people that are really yeah. good managers that are horrible chefs. Right. 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 So. Yeah. Uh, the business is very important. Now, I have, like most of these kids that are going through here, we're not a true culinary program, right? But mm-hmm. everybody that goes through the Hotel Restaurant Tours Administration program has to have my class, the 2030. It's the principles of food production. And so I get them for an entire semester, right? They come in here really green. Most of them don't know how to hold a knife. I do a little survey. You know, what's your comfort level in the kitchen? And you'd be surprised how many of them are experts in the kitchen at the beginning of the semester. And then by the end of the semester, realize they don't know so much, right? Mm -hmm. So my job is to teach them what it's like to work in a kitchen, to have some empathy for the guys on the line that are just Mm -hmm. sweating and getting killed every night, Mm -hmm. Uh, to be able to speak to a chef uh, or a sous chef or a kitchen manager using professional terminology to be able to pick up Uh a knife and cut some garnish, right? To have a chef say, Mm -hmm. Hey, can you please hand me that hotel pan? And they know what they're, they know what they're looking for. It's not a thing. Interesting. So you actually do cook. Are you actually cooking at all? Or are you just teaching about things that go on in the kitchen? Oh, no, no, no. I have a full uh, laboratory, a full kitchen, Um, pretty much any piece of equipment you could want. Uh, And Uh we do, Really, really nice food. We do a series okay. of lunches uh, every fall. I would love to have you as my guest if you would like to come. They're typically on Wednesdays. Uh, we well, might do typically that. They, they are on Wednesdays. I would love to have you and Tom as my guests or whatever you can bring. Um, right now we're doing socially distanced outside due to the COVID-19 situation. Uh, but mm-hmm. typically it's uh, about four-course mm-hmm. meal. You know, we do a little appetizer, um, uh, sometimes two, uh, then an entree, choice of entree, and a, a, a nice dessert. I have a, a really good pastry chef and a pastry class. 
Well, we're so, going to yeah, do we're that. Doing... We're going to uh, we're going to come. Patty, uh, Tom, and I will come For someday sure. soon. Okay, we would love to uh, do that. I would love to start up in September. Unfortunately, I'm not open uh, to the public. Um, Mm-hmm. But for you know the proper donation, I'm sure we could have anybody here who would like to come. <laughs> you should think about that. There you go. You could raise some money for the school. I I think this is a fascinating program, and I, I mean, you know, you just don't know what's going on out there. It seems like everyone's got a, a school, but I guess they all focus on different things. But it certainly sounds to me like what you're doing gives them the tools to be an actual business person. I'm sure, have you ever heard the the stories about Mark and Mike Udo? Oh, yeah. When yeah, they yeah, worked yeah, at yeah. G&E Courtyard G&E, Grill. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I know. I spent several <laughs> Mike was the genius there, so. chef with no concern at all about food costs, and Mark was always yapping at him because of that. It does take yes. both. It really does. Yeah, it, it, it does and, to get that in one person. Like one of our recruiting methods we use is, uh, you know, do you want to work for someone else's restaurant or do you want to own your own restaurant? Yeah. You know, well, but we'll some give you people shouldn't down. own their own restaurant. You know, I mean, everybody needs to know their own place, you know, and, and some of them really learn that the hard way, which is really unfortunate. But for so many things, it takes you know, A, B, C, and D. And if you're missing one of those things, it's probably not going to go well, you know? And I, I think it feels like, it seems like you all have all the bases covered in this program. And that's really exciting. We're going to, we're going to, do you have a few minutes to stay beyond the break? Because sure. I would like oh, you yeah, I'm, to, I'm, I'm, um, I'm good, whatever you want. I would like you to uh, explain exactly uh, how a person could do this. Like, who are your, are these all young people? Or are there older people who come in there and, and want to learn this? And what would a person who maybe doesn't want to own a restaurant be interested in learning? And is there something for them to, and then how you would get to do this, okay? Five five six nine six nine six is the number. We're talking to Mark Springfloat from UNO. And if you have a question for him, maybe about this program, I am sure he would be happy to tell you about it. So we are <clears throat> we're gonna just talk a few minutes after the after the news to Mark and then we'll let him go and then we'll be back to taking some calls on all the rest of the stuff that we always talk about. But I'm really excited to hear about this because I think that it's wonderful. I didn't know that UNO was in that game. Uh, like it sounds like they are. And I was curious as to why there was a chef. This sounds very business-oriented, but I get it now that you've explained it. All right, we will be back. Louisiana Radio Network News Time, 3.30. Louisiana Radio Network, I'm Matt Doyle. It's been a tense day at the state capitol as members of the public crammed into a House Health and Welfare Committee meeting. The meeting began with a few people having to be removed from the chamber after refusing to put on masks. Later, Bossier City Representative Raymond Cruz questioned the governor's top lawyer on why the state is not promoting natural immunity. Cruz says everyone in his household has had COVID except for him, and he credits the vitamins that he's taking. I'm also the only one taking vitamin A, C, D3, zinc, and all that every single day. I'm not saying that's the key, but I'm saying if we're looking for all those things that may help the state, why are we not promoting those things among the people? 
And the state is nearing 3,000 people in the hospital with COVID-19, nearly 50% higher than the third surge peak we experienced to start the year. 65 new COVID deaths have been reported since Friday, along with over 13,000 new cases. LouisianaRadioNetwork.com. Staying connected is important in today's world. Whether it's hearing the news of a new baby in the family or calling work to let your boss know you're running late, phone and internet service keep you connected with your world. At AT&T, we know that some Americans face life every day without the comfort and security of having a phone or internet service. In certain areas, you may be able to reduce your phone or internet bill with a lifeline discount if you are in a qualifying low-income household. Additional discounts of up to $25 may be available to those living on federally recognized tribal lands where AT&T offers Lifeline. To find out more about Lifeline and other AT&T products and services, call us at 800-288-2020 or go to att.com slash Lifeline if you have access to the Internet. Lifeline is a government benefit program and willfully making false statements to obtain this benefit is punishable by fine or imprisonment and could result in termination of Lifeline service. Lifeline enrollment requires certain eligibility documentation and is non-transferable. Limited to one discount per household. AT&T services including Lifeline are not available in all areas. Other restrictions apply. Over the last 75 years, New Orleans has gone through many changes and so has WGSO. From our early beginnings in 1946, broadcasting from the Jung Hotel being home to Papa Stapa in the 1950s, being a music station, talking biz radio to speak in easy New Orleans style. You, our loyal listeners, have been here every step of the way with WGSO. It's now our 75th anniversary and we are so proud to have you here with us to celebrate. So we're gonna celebrate all year long to show our gratitude to you and make 2021 our most successful year yet. And we will also continue to bring programs that appeal to people of all backgrounds. So from all of us at WGSO, we want to say thank you for making us the community voice of the Crescent City. I like a Gershwin tune. How about you? We are back with Mark Springfloat. So who are your students? Are they college students looking for a career in the hospitality business, specifically restaurants? Are they people who are in the business who are looking to brush up on things? Who's in their class? No, that's, that's, a, that's another great question that I'm glad you asked. So we go beyond restaurants, right? It's, it's, it's everything. It's hospitality. It's tourism. It's really, think of it as like a big, giant umbrella, right? So within that, we have attractions. Uh, you know, we have several students who are at the D-Day Museum uh, doing internship. One did an internship there, and now she's fully employed, uh, graduated in the spring, I believe, with her um, uh, master's degree, right? Um, we do wine. Uh, I have a wine class where we take a group of students every year to Napa Valley, we actually just got back from that after a year's hiatus. I took 10 students uh, for a week of wine uh, education, um, uh, tasting, obviously, and just doing all things. Could, I, could I take County. that class if I wanted to do it? Could I just drop in and take that class? Sure. Uh, I'd go through admissions first. Uh, um, uh, make sure you're. A no, I mean, like, could and, uh, could a person that just like you could, you could enroll in a class in college and just take that one class. I mean, I think you can. 
can you? <laughs> sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, people have done it. Yeah. That, that's so, sure. so just like uh, a regular yeah. person maybe that wanted to know more about wine, they could enroll in that class, right? Yes, but it's, it's a okay. lot. That's what I tell students. It's not just uh, like my mother will say things like, well, how's your wine tasting class going? I'm like, it's not a wine tasting class. It's a wine education <laughs> class. So we, we cover, you know, old world, new world, um, outside uh-huh. the winery, inside the winery, so production, um, you know, mm-hmm. we kind of really don't get into sales, but we do talk about it. But I mean, pick a wine region. We're going to talk about it. Um, mm. So, you know, so wine tourism is really big right now. It's something we talk about on the trip. Mm-hmm. We also, you know, you talk about music festivals and what better place than New Orleans to be uh, here for the we have mm-hmm. French Quarter Fest normally, Jazz Fest, uh, Satchimo Fest. I mean, uh, what we actually have uh, a festival season. Uh, we call it, you know, certain times of this year, you can't throw a rock without hitting a music festival, uh, conventions, right. Um, art, yeah. culture, sports, we have professional sports team, tourism, uh, hotels, right. We do, um, we also uh, conduct a lot of research for industry, right. We, um, we, we, we yeah. love industry. Mm-hmm. We have a great connection. We have a lot of alumni out there. Um, one of our, mm-hmm. uh, biggest, um, Supporters and, and uh, loudest voices in industry is Scott Craig, who owns Katie's and Francesca. Love, love, love him. Uh, yeah. He's a great <clears throat> man. He's a bu- I, that is a busy guy. That's all I can say. So, Dude, Mark, if you – if I, I know, who doesn't? So, if, if you want – if a person listening wanted to take some of these courses, I guess they would call the, the general number or – would they, how would they go about that? apply for the university. I mean, we're a, a, a state school. So I do have, I mean, for the most part, it's college-age kids. Um, we do have mm-hmm. some, um, you know, going back to school that are maybe in their 30s, right? We, mm-hmm. it's, it's all walks of life. Uh, one of the things mm-hmm. I enjoy most about uh, this job is the uh, diversity we have here on campus. Uh, I absolutely love it. I, you know, for the first time in my life, I, I, I wake up and look forward to going to work. That's wonderful. I'm super excited about that. You know what? I'm going to contact you. I want you to think about this. I mean, you might not want to do it or not have time to do it, but, and I'm not even sure how many people would really be interested in this, but I'm kind of interested in it. I feel like there's this vast, vast abyss almost of, of wine stuff to be learned and um, people who like food would probably like to know a little bit more about wine. So Mm -hmm. if you would be interested in that, I might like to see if you would come on on a regular basis and just impart some wine knowledge to us. Would you think you'd be interested in that at all? Sure, I'd be happy to. Okay. I'm going to contact you. We're going to go now because I have to finish up the show. I've got a bunch of stuff I need to get to, but I really appreciate your coming on. Mark Spring Float from UNO. Uh, That is a fascinating program and I'm really glad that you're doing it. I'm glad you're happy. (laughs) It sounds Um, like you found your your niche. I love it. Absolutely love what I do. Check out our website. We're also going to be doing a capital campaign coming up for our new uh, HRT lab, our new food labs. And beverage. Oh, good. Good. All right. So they should just uh, go to to UNO's website. Yep. That's a great way to start. All right. All right. Take care. Thank you very much, Mark. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you so much, Marianne. I had fun. 
556-9696 is the number if you want to talk to me about food or anything that you've just heard or anything at all. We would love to, if you've ever had anything to eat in your whole, whole life, call us 556-9696. There's a bunch of good stuff in the Almanac today, and I wanted to make sure that we got to it. It's Bratwurst Day. I don't know if I like bratwurst, I've had it before. There's something about the color of it that I find offensive. I don't know why. Um, it, it reminds me of like an English pudding, which is, you know, a sausage. And uh, I, don't, I, I don't like it as much as other ones, but I'm sure that there are good ones. And I'm sure that people who I don't know. Do people like, do you like brats, Patty? Do you like brats? Not really. <laughs> yeah. Do you eat sausage? Yeah. I'm not real adventurous, but I do eat, Okay. you know, I do eat sausage. I like smoked sausage. Okay. I'm a sausage fanatic. I love sausage, but I've never warmed to brats. And I, I guess maybe it's, you know, it's like a Midwestern thing. But yeah, um, so. it doesn't seem like something that we do a lot of here. And that's, in fact, what Tom says about it. We don't do brats much around New Orleans, although the coarser, more authentic kind is becoming popular due to the homogenized buying practices of national chain grocery stores. What they call a brat in Chicago and Milwaukee looks like a fat albino hot dog. Yeah, the color bothers me. Like many favorites from other places, that's never caught on here, although some restaurants have tried. Yeah, I don't think that that no matter how much they've tried, it, it's been something uh, well-received. The Edible Dictionary Word today is brought to you by Dorignax, celebrating 75 years, one of the top 20 regional supermarkets of all time. The Edible Dictionary Word today is knockwurst. It's a German word. It's not too much of an oversimplification to call a knockwurst a short, fat hot dog. It's made with very finely chopped pork or veal or both, flavored with garlic, stuffed into a thin casing, and smoked. Because the only people who buy knockwurst are serious about their sausages, it tends to be of better quality than a typical Frankfurter. The name is actually knackwurst, a reference in German to the way its skin cracks when it sizzles over an open fire. Again, a lot like a hot dog does. A 1970s sandwich shop near Jesuit High School called Dagwoods, until the owners of the comic strip told them to change the name, had a great hot knockwurst poor boy with sauerkraut and provolone cheese. They called it the Elmer Special. That actually sounds pretty good. But I'm an andouille girl and an Italian sausage um, fan, and I'm trying to think of what else. I think that's why we don't do brats here. We have too many other good sausages. Yes. <laughs> yes. And, you know, Michael75 was talking about uh, his sausage on the side of the road, and when we were in um, Central Europe a couple of years ago, my daughter and I, they're big on their sausages there. It's a big, big thing, and you will see vendors on 
you know, just with these gigantic pans of sausages sizzling, but they look different and you don't have any idea what they are or what's in them. And the person sizzling the sausage doesn't really help because it's just like sausage to them, you know? And, uh, and they looked, you know, they looked really good. I was actually going to, you said you're not adventuresome, Patty, because you seem like you are to me. No, I don't need anything I can't identify. Okay. <laughs> well, see, I am much more, I think, a pillish than you are. And um, I was game for one of those sausages. But I, I, the problem was we were in this little sort of mountaintop, like, outdoor market and there was this little kiosk with the sausages and there were kids manning it but they were busy having a romantic liaison and really weren't interested in taking my order so I never I was all game for one of these sizzling sausages though and I kept waiting for them to come back but they never did so I never did get my um, mysterious uh, unknown sausage which I really kind of was looking forward to, but it never did happen. Five five six nine six nine six is the number. Just a few, I guess, twenty minutes left of the show. If you would like to chat, I would love to chat with you. Today is the birthday of the great composer of opera, Giacchino Rossini. He was a dedicated gourmet and the man for whom the foie gras top dish. Filet de Boeuf Rossini is named Trinidad Rossini. He didn't just like it. He created it today in 1840. Oh, he wasn't born today. He was, he got married today in 1846. And then after that, he never composed another opera. And so Tom writes in the almanac as though he's got great experience with this. He wrote, that his wife probably told him, quote, why do you waste all that time writing all that stuff for big women to howl, end quote. I don't know why Tom Im implies things like that about his wife. 5569696 is the number today. It's the birthday of Fess Parker, who, speaking of wines, has a made or had a major winery there. It's still Fess Parker Wines, but he's not around to enjoy it. He was a hero to many guys. Tom's age, who were little boys in the, in the 50s, when he played Davy Crockett. After his acting career ended, he did well in many other ventures, including the excellent winery that bears his name in Southern California. It's actually in Santa Barbara. The label features a small coonskin cap in gold. One of the biggest thrills of Tom's radio career was having Fess Parker on the show with him. He was sorry to hear that he passed away at 86. He will always be the king of the wild frontier to Tom. We'll take a break now. We'll be back. 5569696. One of my favorite roast beef poor boys isn't a poor boy place at all. DiMartino's is a wonderful restaurant with traditional Italian food and excellent fish and chicken dishes, as well as the muffalettas for which they are known. With three locations on the West Bank that are more casual, the Covington restaurant feels upscale with good food and great prices. It's a winner. DiMartino's Covington, Marrero, Algiers, and Terrytown. DiMartino's.com. 
Keith Young Steakhouse on the North Shore in Madisonville is everything anyone thinks of when a steakhouse comes to mind. The environment is elegant and handsome. The service staff is knowledgeable, attentive, and friendly. And most important, the steaks are superb. The steakhouse sides are also great. Keith Young Steakhouse, 165 Highway 21, Madisonville, 985-845-9940. I'll take Manhattan, the Bronx, and Staten Island, too. True enough. Let's go to Mike. Hello. Hello. Brats are good when they're steamed in beer. Brats are? Really good. Brats are okay. good when they're steamed in beer. Okay. They get a richness that they don't get when they're just cooked in water. Okay. Well, I'm going to have to try not a, that. Not then. a huge fan of that particular sausage, but if I'm going to cook them at home, I, I would steam them in beer. Uh, a good beer. Mm-hmm. A brown beer. Mm-hmm. A brown beer. Okay. I was going to say yeah. probably a dark beer. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, and, and it, uh, but, but I would imagine that the skin doesn't crackle if they've been steamed in beer. Do you then, well, se- you do said, you then sear you them? Said, I thought you said knockworts were the ones that were crackly, huh? Did I misunderstand you? Brown, yes. You yeah, but I like all skin crackling. Don't you like sausage that crackles? I mean, I love all. Mm-hmm. I like it when my undoey does that. Yeah, you're not going to uh, you're not going to get the crackly skin when you do what I just described to you. When I cook, yeah. I cook quite a bit of sausage at the house. I'm a big fan of Marcientes. You know that mm-hmm. brand? Yeah, uh huh. Yeah, it's a real quality sausage. You know, there's no beaks and claws in it. It's all first. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, please don't do that to me again. Uh-uh. <laughs> I typically start them off stovetop in a cast iron skillet just to get the skillet really hot and get the bottoms a little uh-huh. brown. And then I put them under the broiler for about 20 minutes. And you, you know, what you get kind do you get? Again. I like them all. You know, I mean, I like the spicy Italian. I like the chorizo. They have a really good chorizo. Um, I is it the hard, away. hard chorizo or is it? No, no. This, this is all okay. fresh okay. sausage we're talking about. Okay. All right. All fresh okay. sausage. Do they, they do it on Dewey? Uh, no, they don't. Not to the, not to my mm-hmm. knowledge. I've never seen it. They have okay. some exotic meats. They have a duck sausage. They, I believe they have a mm-hmm. goat sausage. I've tried them on occasion, but I find most of that stuff is not anything special. You know, yeah. I'll never forget the uh-huh. first time I tried an alligator, how disappointed I was in an alligator. Yeah. Tasted like, yeah. Tasted like uh, dog meat chicken to me, you know. <laughs> Well, I have a policy in, you know, continuing my, my uh, pillishness. Uh, I don't eat reptiles. So, you know. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to well, I, I heard you talking to the guy about the, uh, the wine class. If you ever want to do a wine segment on the show, let me know. Okay? Okay. We could, do a wine, we could do a wine segment if you wanted to once a week or whatever. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. I don't know how many people I, I will, are interested I will get a hold in wine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll keep right. it simple. I mean, you know, I, don't have to get I don't know how much, I, you know, it's like my daughter says when I talk about how much I love fish and chips, she laughs and she goes, you like the idea of fish and chips, but you don't actually like fish and chips. So I think that people say they want to know more about wine 
And and I I would. I actually would like to know just from an educational standpoint. I I like to know things. It doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to go and buy the wine. Patty, do you want to know more about wine like really sincerely truly? Yes, really sincerely truly I do. Okay. Yeah. The the well, problem me, with me, wine is Go ahead, what? No, I was going to say I have a buddy of mine who is extremely intelligent and extremely good taster. And he, he actually went through a certification program. Mm-hmm. And all, all that knowledge is fun if you're a geek, if you're a wine geek and all that. But right. when you are approaching it from a consumer's perspective, the things that really matter are producer and vintage. And the reason that is so significant is that they say good producers make good wine even in bad vintages, but bad producers don't make good wine even in good vintages a lot of the time, you know? Mm-hmm. So uh, I guess what I'm getting at is I think if you had enough just fundamental knowledge to be able to look at a restaurant wine list and probably more by the process of elimination than anything else, first thing you'd be looking at is a price point that you're comfortable with, you know? But it's like mm-hmm. I say, I said this not long ago on, on air, that I can go, I very seldom spend more than $60 on a bottle of wine off a restaurant list. And my mm-hmm. go-to wine is a Coach de Rome. You know, it's like a baby mm-hmm. shot to Nerf to Pop. It's a blend of three grapes, typically. It'd be Grenache, Syrah, and Mouvedre. And it goes with just about any food that's on the table. You know, so just practical knowledge like that. Yeah, when right. You're, mm-hmm. when, when you're walking down the aisles of a supermarket and it all just likes a bit, looks like a big blur, you know? It does. Uh, and you know, if you know if you if you know that in the what they call he we just made reference to New World and Old World. When you when you're thinking about the New World, typically you're thinking about the name of the wine, not the producer name, but it's going to be called by the variety of grape that is used in in the wine. Whereas in Europe, it's just the opposite. It's it's, it's called by the region that it, it comes from. They have an identity with the region more so, I think, than we do over here. And a good example of that would be like a Barolo, okay? A Barolo comes from the Barolo region of Piemonte, Italy, but it's the Neviolo grape. So you have to draw a distinction between a lot of people, if you're used to thinking about New World wines, you say, well, what grape is a Barolo? You know, it's it's Barolo grape. But no, it's not. It's a Neviolo grape. Tim McNally wants to Mm -hmm. jump in. (laughs) Wait, he wants to do a wine segment on your show? (laughs) Well, I'm a, I'm a okay, you know what? It's like I, wanna, I, it, I wanted to t- tell you I'm going to uh, I'm going to Desi Vegas out here in the, on the North Shore for uh-huh. the first time. Okay, and I'm really I'm really curious about what what it's going to be like because I you know I heard your take on it and mm-hmm. uh, I'm, ex- I'm I'm expecting a Las Vegas vibe, so we'll we'll see. Mm-hmm. Huh? <laughs> okay, so when are you are you going this week? They're not open now, huh? They're not. No, I'm going. They, they I'm don't going open until like Wednesday, do they? This weekend, oh, okay. I'm going. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. So, now, Mike, getting back to your getting back to your wine conversation, Tim McNally told Patty, "You could just listen to my show." Uh, so here's here's the thing: when you and Patty, tell me if you agree with this. When you were talking about the old world and the new world. That was really interesting to me. I did not know that, and I thought it was a great 
tidbit of information. When you started talking about all the grapes, I started glazing over. Yeah, um, <laughs> and that's me the too. problem. That's the problem with wine. It's like there's a couple of things that you really want to know. And then when whoever it is starts geeking out on all the different kind of grapes, you just go, uh, it's yeah. just too much. It's back to well, it's the, back to being the, the really, supermarket shelves where it's, oh, my gosh, look at all these choices. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but you, you would be amazed how much of the confusion can be cleared up with just basic fundamental understanding. In other words, okay. Everybody, everybody knows what Pinot Noir is, right? Now, yes. if you're in the supermarket, if you're in the supermarket and you're looking at a shelf that says Burgundy, mm-hmm. there are exceptions, but 99 times out of 100, if it says Burgundy, it's going to be Pinot Noir, 100% Pinot Noir. If it's red, and if mm-hmm. it's white Burgundy, it's going to be Chardonnay. Okay. Now, the exception to that is is that Beaujolais is technically considered to be Burgundy, and that is the Gamay grape. It's not Pinot Noir, but that's that's not. How do you feel about how do you feel about Beaujolais Nouveau, Mike? <laughs> nah, you know it's like Kool Aid, you know. Like- that's exactly right. That's why I love it. <laughs> I love Beaujolais Nouveau because it's like grape juice, and it has a pretty label. They always have pretty colorful labels. Yeah, we're hopeless. Now, what can I say? Now you can, now you can walk down the aisle of Doranax where the French wine is, and you can look at all the burgundies and say, I know that's Pinot Noir. I know that's uh-huh. Chardonnay, you know? Okay. And that clears up a, a, big, a big mystery there, you know? It's just all right, Mike, I am going to challenge you to break down some very fundamental facts in the neighborhood of the one that was old world versus new world that's a concept that i can grasp bam i get it that's interesting what you should know is new world is not limited to the united states it includes australia it includes Mm -hmm. new zealand it includes south america Mm -hmm. because again all these regions they will put on the, the label of their bottle they'll put the producer's name and they'll put the grape that's in the bottle or the grape the wine was made from and on the label so, whereas in France and Italy, and you now there are exceptions again, you know, like their regions, uh, the Alsace region of of France, they'll they'll put the variety of grape on the label, but that's the exception and not the rule in Europe. Typically, it's the region that it came from that's going to be on on the label, and it's important I'm lazy. to know. <laughs> it's not that complicated. <laughs> it's really not. Okay, we'll, we'll talk more about it in the future time if you're interested. Okay. I want people to weigh in on this. Do we want Mike to teach us about wine? Because I would like someone to teach us about wine. And I got to say, Mike, I'm impressed that you held me for a couple of minutes before I started glazing. So you have to... I would want to keep it consumer-oriented. That would be the key to it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Not not geeky knowledge. That's just going to be of real value, you know. Right, for you and six other people. All right, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. All right, that is it for the show. Patty, what do you think about that? I would like to know, but I just don't want to be geeked out. Uh, Yeah, I I don't want to be geeked out. And, you know, one of the things that that I like to know about wine, you know, I know what I like, and that's one of the things, you know, the thing about all the wines, the best wines is is the one you like. Exactly, of course, of course. All right. We'll think about it. We'll definitely think about it. Tomorrow, we have, 
What's, what's tomorrow? Yeah, tomorrow we have the Hatch Chili Girl on. We're going to be talking about Hatch Chilies at 3 o'clock at our usual guest time. Just want to mention that it's the 75th anniversary of WGSO. Please go to that website, nice new website, WGSO.com, and click the yellow button that says Donate. Your donation will be tax deductible. It is also the community voice of the Crescent City and the only locally owned news talk station celebrating 75 years. So please participate in the 75 for 75 campaign with us. We also have our own platform with a food show. It's called nomenu.com, N-O-M-E-N-U.com. That Tom has compiled an awful lot of information through his lifetime. His life's work is all there at nomenu.com. It's a lot of interesting stuff there. There's uh, something in the newsletter that I wanted to mention. Mary Lee told me I should look at it, and I'm going to read some things from it tomorrow if we have time. Nomenu.com has the podcast if you missed some of the show and would like to get it. Go to nomenu.com, N-O-M-E-N-U.com. Click on the podcast. It's called The Food Show, First Thing Up, and you can get your missing piece of The Food Show there. Please tell a friend about the show. It's not much, but we have fun, and it's not all of that other stuff out there. We have our, we have our newsletter that comes out twice a week. If you sign up on nomenu.com, you get the newsletter. It comes out twice a week with the dining diary and specials around town. We have at the New Orleans menu. That's our Instagram page. We would love for you to follow us there. So please listen to Tim McNally's show about wine. It's coming up next. The Dine, Wine, and, Dine, Wine, and Spirit show. WGSO New Orleans. Good night. USA Radio News with Tim Berg. President Biden is addressing the crisis in Afghanistan. Our only vital national interest in Afghanistan remains today what it has always been, preventing a terrorist attack on America's homeland. Biden returning to the White House from vacation early to speak about the nation, the Taliban effectively gaining control of the capital city of Kabul after the Afghan president fled the country. President Biden continues by explaining America's mission when it comes to the two-decade-long war in Afghanistan. Our mission in Afghanistan was never supposed to have been nation-building. It was never supposed to be creating a unified, centralized democracy. Tropical Storm Fred is making landfall in Florida with winds of around 65 miles an hour. The storm coming on shore about 60 miles from Panama City Beach. USA Radio News. Hi, I'm Wayne Alaroot for Patriot VPN. Patriot VPN is a virtual private network service that uses military-grade encryption to protect your internet connection on all of your devices. With Patriot VPN, your data and internet privacy is secure anywhere in the world. Why do you need Patriot VPN? Cyber criminals, government, even your own internet service provider collect and use your private information without your knowledge. Examples in the news recently, remember all the companies that have been hacked? Cuba censored the internet to kill protests? Here in America, conservative groups are being actively targeted. Your personal information and internet history is being sold by your ISP. It's all happening every day, but not with Patriot VPN. With Patriot VPN, your internet activity and history is protected from prying eyes forever. Patriot VPN is a veteran-owned business right here in the USA. For business or your family, starting at only $6.95 a month, use code WAR and get three months free. With an annual subscription, it's all at PatriotVPN.com. That's PatriotVPN.com. Thousands are dead and even more injured following a 7.2 earthquake that struck Haiti on Saturday. 
Drones flying over are being used to determine what areas are in the greatest need. We were able to get through to Kara Buck of Mercy Corps in Port-au-Prince. People are in agony. Um, people are on the streets. So many families are without their homes, um, you know, looking, looking for help, looking for shelter. She describes the hardest-hit area in southwestern Haiti. You know, high rates of poverty as well as hunger. A lot of the um, structures are, you know, have mud walls, et cetera, so really sensitive to, to um, conditions, earthquake conditions. From the USA Radio News Texas Bureau, I'm John Clemens. A new poll from Fox News shows that 59% of registered Democrats have a positive view of socialism compared to 49% who feel the same way about capitalism. This is USA Radio News. We are having a party. It's WGSO's 75th anniversary party. And we're looking for all of you to come celebrate with us. If you're a local business, take advantage of this opportunity to be a sponsor for our big 75th anniversary party. We have great sponsorship packages offering tremendous benefits for our partners. If you're interested, contact me, Jeff Cruer, at jeff at WGSO.com or 504-669-6076. The Sazerac House is now open at 101 Magazine Street at the corner of Canal and Magazine in the heart of downtown New Orleans. You're cordially invited to experience timeless traditions and history that's worth repeating. Enjoy complimentary self-guided tours, interactive cocktail exhibits, spirit tastings, and experience the production of Sazerac rye whiskey and Peixos bitters right on site. And don't miss the Sazerac House's retail store with one-of-a-kind gifts and novelties sure to please anyone. For more information, visit www.sazerac.com. Tracking Tropical Storm Fred going inland across the Florida Panhandle. All the weather associated with it is far removed from us. God showers and thunderstorms across the region ending. And an isolated thunderstorm for the afternoon tomorrow, followed by some scattered activity mid-afternoon and early evening. Friday morning tomorrow, muggy warm start of 70s to 80. The afternoon highs tomorrow go to lower 90s. Better chance of rain scattered to numerous showers and thunderstorms, 90 to low 90s for Wednesday. Ralph Sanji, WGSO. Rico's Tires and Wheels offers quality used tires. They fix flat tires too, and they do wheel repair. Rico's Tires and Wheels, just a few blocks south of Veterans, 2609 David Drive, Metairie, 504-455-5199. Rico's Tires and Wheels, quality used tires. They fix flat tires too, and they do wheel repair. Just a few blocks south of Veterans, 2609 David Drive, Metairie, 504-455-5199. Welcome to the New Orleans Dine, Wine, and Spirits Show, your daily opportunity to hear what's going on in the world of beverage and dining in New Orleans and around the world. Your host is Tim McNally. Tim welcomes your phone calls and your questions. Call 504-556-9696. Now, here's your host, Tim McNally.
vehicles going up around, came in around between Panama City and Apalachicola. Uh, tropical Storm Fred. Uh, didn't have much of a punch to it. Lost a, lost a lot. In fact, the uh, National Weather, National Hurricane Center could not even find out where it was going to go in precisely. So if you remember, we were looking at those uh, coordinates last week and uh, the darn thing kept looked like it was marching to the west. But the problem was that it, there was no eye. There was nothing to measure out there. There was no center. So it finally started to get some circular uh, motion and, uh, and I was uh, literally not identified, but they sort of thought they knew where it was.